You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. Guys, this week is a big one for two reasons. One, the guest is awesome. Uh, that goes without saying. But I made a promise to listenership back after episode three. Episode three was one of the first episodes I had ever recorded, and that was with the entire band of Thrice. Now, I was new to the audio side, did not know what I was doing, got kind of thrown into it because it was supposed to be, uh, I believe, just Tepe and I, and everyone's interviews canceled that day, so we just did the whole band. I set the mic on the wrong setting, I set it on stereo, and we were sitting around it in a circle, so you could hear hardly anything. It was absolutely awful. I mean, the interview was cool, but the the sound was terrible. So uh, got a ton of emails on that. Like, what the hell? Why why was the audio so bad? So I apologize for that. But I also made a promise that I would get every member of Thrice individually on the show again to make up for that. It's taken three years to do so, but I have done it. <clears throat> Mr. Dustin Kensrew is on the show today. Um, lead singer and guitar player, songwriter in Thrice. You guys know who he is. You don't need me to tell you. Um, but I was super stoked to do this one. Um, and there's also a couple reasons for that. You know, I'm a big fan of what Dustin does. We've been 
you know, buddies a long time, but Dustin's one of the guys I don't talk to as much, um, you know, and really in deep conversation. Um, it's mainly, you know, Ed and I or Tepe or, or Riley uh, speak more, you know, in long form more often. So it was really interesting to get to sit down uh, with Dustin. We did it over Zoom um, since he's in Orange County, and we had just a great mellow nice conversation i think you guys are really going to enjoy it i made the joke that it was a deep voice competition because we both just got really relaxed and i think the voices just started getting deeper like this and we just kind of settled in and just like warm gravy i think is how i put it um but you'll get to hear that and you'll get to hear uh you know a, a lot of perspective from dustin and and uh, we went to a lot of different spots so i'm stoked for you guys to hear it uh, and I'm stoked that I was able to fulfill my promise, even though it's three years later, it took that long to do it, but it was well worth it. And a lot of good stuff happened in the meantime. So let's get some business out of the way, guys. Uh, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email. If you want to get in touch with me, um, you know, I answer all my mail, hit me up anytime, guest ideas, comments, uh, questions, any of that stuff. Uh, especially now during this crazy time. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are needing people to talk to or looking for help or, or whatever, you know, and, and uh, my door's always open. Well, my email's always open, so hit me up anytime, uh, and I'd love to love to hear from you. Um, I, guys, I want you to check out Thunderbolt Guitars on Instagram. Uh, I talk about them every week uh, for good reason. Uh, Nick over there at Thunderbolt Guitars built me the most amazing uh, aluminum neck, swamp ash body, handwound P90, Telecaster Deluxe uh, style guitar. It, it is a absolute dream to play that thing. Um, I'm going to start doing some videos soon uh, so you guys can actually hear it and see it in, in action. But it is just a beautiful instrument. Go check out Thunderbolt Guitars on Instagram. Hit them up. Buy a neck. Um, the aluminum necks are amazing. Super thin and just play uh, they're so fast and there's just this shimmer to these guitars i can't even describe it um but yeah go check out thunderbolt guitars um and definitely check out rer studio my buddy Ryder over in idaho uh, making all the leather goods um speaking of leather goods tepe also uh has Terranishi studios uh they don't sponsor the show of course but check them out too uh if you're on a thrice kick because uh, he does some good work too but definitely check out Ryder. Um, he did the custom strap for me and, and a bunch of other things, some special stuff after my dad passed away, uh, for my brother and I, anyways, check out RER, RER studio on Instagram. All right, guys, this intro is getting kind of long. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Dustin Kensrew from Thrice.
and if on a weekend I'll hop in the car and I'll drive a couple blocks away and and uh dude you sound really good. Cool. Like it sounds <laughs> like we're like it sounds like we're sitting in front of you. I've never used any of this before. <laughs> oh yeah. It it's definitely better than phone quality. And then especially if you if you can have people I've been having people if they can just record on their Mac or something like on the QuickTime or voice mm-hmm. memo. It's gonna sound better than going through the webs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. I'm I'm uh, I'm stoked to have you. I I know you've been on before, and I've I've I'm fulfilling my promise to my listenership right now because I vowed to have everyone from Thrice on their own episode because I did <laughs> such an awful job on the audio on that episode we did. What back in 2016, I had the mic set on stereo instead of uh, omnidirectional. So mm-hmm. I heard uh, you and me and a little bit of uh, tap. I think that was it. But oh, uh, yeah. So how are you? Doing all right. Uh, it is weirdly humid right now. It started raining out of nowhere. Um, yeah, doing good. Just still figuring out uh, how to do the whole working at home and my wife's working and doing school and my kids are doing school and so uh yeah figuring it out but less productive than i'd like to be but uh mentally doing well good good uh so was your wife working as well before this all happened uh before covid stuff yeah before covid like when she okay so is she still working from home and doing homeschool uh not homeschool. She is getting her master's and working from home. Okay, but but I mean homeschooling the kids. Like, so she was doing, she's doing double duty now. Like, it's it's adding to something else. No, there's the, not homeschooling the kids. The kids are doing their like distance learning. Oh, through the public school. Okay, mm-hmm. so they've got all their stuff. I mean, you just have to check it basically, or make sure they're doing it and sending it, submitting it like a online college course. Yeah, so they'll. We kind of check in with them in the morning and do a checkout later on, look through, you know, what they're supposed to do and check it out. Excellent. Okay. That makes it a lot, well, I guess not easier, but well, I guess it is a little bit easier. My wife's been doing homeschool with the kids, so nothing's really changed, but we've had a lot of our friends and neighbors have been doing, just said, forget it. We're just going to do the homeschool thing and go their own route. But, um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Versus, but I don't know. It, I think uh, it definitely can understand people getting frustrated especially depending on how your kid is wired you know um my kids do pretty well with it but i some kids it's definitely not the best setup for them Mm -hmm. i see well uh awesome well congratulations on the podcast too that's uh something i didn't know i don't know how i didn't hear about it until ed told me when we were in the roseland last time like hey hey dustin started a podcast like wait what and uh but I've literally been carrying the fire all day. I've been brazing copper pipe all day long. <laughs> so I've been literally, nice. I was thinking that in my head before I got in the car. I was like, man, I've literally been holding fire all day long. But uh, no, the podcast is fantastic. And I love the direction you're going. I love the um, the guests you're getting are super interesting. Like, I love how you're not just going to people you know, you know, and people that... Uh, uh, 
you know, like most people like start a podcast, they go to, you know, I know this person, this person, this person, and kind of go that you've been branching out into some really interesting areas, which keeps the show super interesting. Um, yeah, trying to, uh, it's, it's hard, you know, when you know someone, it's a good end to you know, get them sure. on. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the sake, for the sake of keeping it pretty diverse and, and, and not just about one thing, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to stretch it out there. Sure. Well, it's, a, it, and it's on the subject, I mean, that you've spent a lot of time with, I mean, it's, and it's, it's, uh, yeah, I love all the different takes and, and it's, it's cool listening to you. Like right now we're doing, we're having a conversation and, but you've done a billion interviews, but it's fun listening to you, not in that seat. Like I'm better in the conversation. I'm better in that, in that seat, I think, than I am. I'm not a great interviewee. Uh, I, I try, I don't know why I'm better, I'm better interviewing, I think, but uh, I don't know exactly why. I need to figure it out. I don't know. You, I, you may not like talking about wife, yourself as much. Yeah, I think that's, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, if you can ask me the right questions, I'll open up, you know, and that's kind of part of why I like doing the pod is because I try to ask the questions that are going to get people thinking and hear more about, you know, how they think um, and not just kind of regurgitate information. Yeah. I like how you start out with that when you you got that, uh, what gave you a sense of wonder uh, as a Mm -hmm. child. That's a, that's a great open-ended starter for one, but it's cool. It's something I never did with, with this show where I had like a consistent question, but it's a, it's a really smart idea because even if you don't know the guest, like if say you're scrolling, it's like Joe Rogan has people I've never heard of, you know, and I'll kind of scroll through and do I want to listen to this person or not? But when you see what they do or what, what their uh, career is or what their background is, then I already know you're going to ask him that question. And I think, do I want to hear what this person has to answer? It's kind of yeah. a, a way to draw the listener in um, to people they've maybe never heard before. So, yeah. And it, I think it draws the interviewee out as well and puts them off guard, not in a, like a sneaky way. It just, I think sometimes when you, especially if you do a lot of interviews or for whatever career you have, um, you kind of get set to be like, okay, here's the things I answer in this this way, and if you can tilt the conversation a little bit, um, I think you get to a lot more interesting uh, stuff. Yeah, have you seen? Have you seen um, they're advertising on Facebook and all these things? Like um, maybe it's just because we have the podcast, but it's called Pod Decks. Have you seen those? No, it's literally a stack of cards which has conversation starter. Uh, starters on them. Mm. It's kind of a cheating, <laughs> but it's uh, it's literally they're called pod decks. There's like a bunch of different ones, and it's basically you can kind of have them there. And if the conversation's going south or or not progressing, you can use these yeah. decks, which is a genius idea for people you know starting podcasts left and right that don't know how to have a conversation, but at the same time, it's kind of cheating. I don't know how you feel about that, but or if you haven't I seen it them, depends I guess, on. Just depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, it definitely those things are always helpful for, you know, just getting outside the box of what you normally talk about. Yeah, um, could be a fun little tool for like a section of a show or something. Sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I. A lot of the work that I do is trying to 
really think through what is going to be the most interesting way to get at essentially what it means to be human is what the show is kind of about, like mm-hmm. through the lens of the good, the true and the beautiful. And um, so what's going to be a way to draw this person out and talk about things that they're uniquely interested in or skilled in that um, have to do with, with what's good or true or beautiful. So uh, I think if you can kind of get the right, at least for me, like I try to get the right little kind of building blocks and then try not to hold on too tight to them as I start talking. Mm-hmm. So you have like a basic outline that you that you go in with like a um, probably fairly like a fairly broad outline or do you go in with anything at all? Like, I mean, you just start with that. No, I definitely I definitely do research and try to think through those categories and the ways they intersect. And um, but in the end, what I try to use it as is more of like uh, I now have touch points Mm -hmm. and as i let this conversation flow i have pieces to connect to each other and that that rather than just hearing something you know knowing something for the very first time about the which can be interesting too but if i hear something new and then i also know something else i can make that connection right um and that that kind of becomes an interesting thing the way that i can piece it together to something else I might know about them or their work or their opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, yeah, I, I do try to not follow directly kind of down the line of what I've been preparing. Um, so that makes sense. Have you, have you noticed you either use or don't use those very often? Like, is it pretty consistent? Either you don't or you do. Um, that's one thing I noticed I mean, is I, I never I, use those notes that I would make. Yeah, I definitely use them because I, a lot of times I really want to get at the couple things that I have put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, usually I'm not going in order. Like there'll be a natural stopping point maybe to a, a certain thread of the conversation. And um, that's a point at which I might pick up a new, a new thread. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, let me ask you this, Dustin, what gave you a sense of wonder as a child? Um. Basically, like I think the easiest way to answer that is almost this, <laughs> the same reason I have the pod in the first place is I have a sense of wonder about the big questions of life. Um, you know, what what is morality? What happens when we die? What is going on in space? And what is time? And, you know, just all sorts of big, weird questions. I've always loved digging into those things. Um, and so that's... Yeah, I think that's part of why why I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, when did you start noticing you were? I mean, when did the big questions start hitting you? Like, how young were you? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm just wired that way. So I I would have been. The thing that actually keeps coming to mind when I think about this is, like, laying up at night, sleeping over at my buddy's house, and we probably were like. I don't know, nine or 10, um, 10, 11, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere in there. And talking about time, like in the middle of the night and what what time was and realizing like, this is just arbitrary what, what we make up about this. <laughs> it's totally contextual to our planet and to our solar system and whatever. But what is time beyond that? It's like things 
one thing going into another thing and into another thing. And um, I don't know. That's that's the image that comes to, to my mind when I think about it. Okay. That's an interesting one, too. I, I was, I'm trying to think who was talking about this. Uh, it may have been Matt Carter from Emory on his podcast was talking about time, like something, not necessarily time in the big picture, but having time zones and uh, mm-hmm. just how completely ridiculous it is. Like if it's six o'clock and it's dark outside, then it's six o'clock and it's dark outside. You know, it's not here it's six o'clock, here it's three o'clock, here it's whatever. I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. I never really, I never thought about it that way. I never thought about um, that kind of thing. Like I always hated daylight savings time, but I never actually thought about it any further than that. Like, oh, this is an inconvenience. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to be extra tired tomorrow or, or whatever. Um, but it's crazy to think about, yeah, think about time in a, in a broad sense, like, you know, it's here, it's gone, it's here, it's gone, it's here, it's gone. It's it's like instantaneously future past and then living in the moment. I mean, is that something you have been able to, I mean, you're, you're a, you're a fairly deep thinker. Like I've always respected that about you. It's always terrified me when we have conversations because you're such a smart person and such a, such a deep thinker. Uh, you know, you always think about on as like on my end, like, oh my God, what's he, what's he thinking of next? You know, like it's, I don't know if you get that a lot, but it's like, you're just a very that's, stoic That's how I feel person. doing, doing my show. I am a stoic. Mm-hmm. I come across stoic. Uh, yeah, I don't have like a lot of um, facial affect uh, a lot of the time. Um, and so I, it can come across intimidating, which I don't like. And I try, I try to mitigate, <laughs> mitigate that as much as I can, but um, I don't, I don't really realize how intense it can be at times. So. Well, it's a gift, you know, it's a gift to have that, that stoicism and, and that range of thought and questioning things, you know, like it needs to, especially someone that's, that's an artist like you, you know, where you're putting these things out into the world, but you know, when you're listening to those words and even just listening to the, the chord progressions and things like the amount of thought and, and feel behind it really gives it something special. Um, you know, it, regardless of, you know, we're gonna have a conversation, where is it going to go? Like, will I have talking points that will, you know, go well with this? And, you know, cause, um, yeah, like I said, and, and it, you try to mitigate that. And it's, it's a lot easier on my, since we've known each other so long, like I've seen you through so many different stages of, of your career and your life, just kind of coming in and out that it's not as drastic as maybe meeting you now versus never meeting you before. Mm-hmm. But, um, how do you, are you able to live in the moment? Are you, is that something that is easy for you? Or are you really focused on what's next or the past? Um, I wanted to know that about you because especially with your personality. Um, the moment is definitely something that I feel like I have thought and cared about a lot more in the past five years or so. Um, I don't know that I, let's see. And I wasn't even very future or past focused either, but I am in my head all the time. And Mm -hmm. so in my head is not really the moment um, that's disconnected from a lot of things. Um, And so 
yeah, I try to be more present to myself and my body and my surroundings. Um, and yeah, I don't, yeah, I think some people get kind of past stuck and some people get kind of future stuck. Um, yeah. I get head stuck and then, um, yeah, that's, that's more of, of my challenge. Uh, okay. So like if you're, so say like this morning, like say this morning you're having breakfast with the kids or whatever. I mean, are you thinking about, you know, at this time, like I'm going to talk to Dewey today. I've got this at, you know, uh, five o'clock. Um, are you like sitting there having a conversation engaged? Um, or are you doing that at the same time? Cause I, I'm the same, uh, I, I do the both. Like I'll be sitting there with the kids and they're talking to me and I'm thinking about, okay, at four o'clock I've got this, you know, it's always running through my mind, even though it's in a calendar, it's going to beep at me. Um, I can't shut that yeah. off. Uh, I mean, I think everyone struggles with that. I feel like at least for me, if I'm doing both, I'm not doing either one well. Um, so I, I try to be more focused about, you know, which one I'm, I'm doing at the mm -hmm. moment. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's easy for me to get, um, again, like tune out, get lost in my thoughts. They're usually not about what I have to do or whatever. I just get, my brain will get going and fly off somewhere. Yeah. How do you think your kids, how do you think your kids view you? Um, you know, after talking about, you know, how people can be intimidated or, I mean, with your kids, I mean, you've got kids, your, your oldest is what, and gotta be in 13, 13. Yeah. How do they view you? Do you think like, do you, do you put off a different vibe you think to them than you do to other people? Um, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not in some sort of conscious contrast, but I, and, you know, both my wife and I are very demonstrative with uh, our love, with the words we use in physical affection. And, um, you know, we can be shitty parents at times, uh, but we, I think, overall do a pretty good job. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we've got good, I've got a good relationship with my kiddos. I do a lot of kind of we have some fun stuff that we share whether it's like like especially on kind of a the nerdy fun like sci-fi or marvel or you know whatever so they're all they're always reading books and we'll talk about those books and we watch the marvel movies together or star wars and i'm actually dming a a D, D campaign for them and my brother right now dm dming uh, hold on a second i've i've never played D, D. does that mean dungeon master dungeon yeah. mastering yes okay i've, I've so <sighs> that's it's a blast awesome awesome that's what i was gonna gonna ask you is is uh you know with with having kids my biggest struggle has been i don't have a super uh trained imagination or a super um like a nurtured imagination throughout my whole life. Like I've been fairly, like I'm always joking around and having a good time, but I've never like, I never watched the fantasy movies. I never read the fantasy books. I ne it never clicked for me because it wasn't on a real level. 
um, that I could sink my teeth into. So as a kid, I didn't really, I would like, I had an example I remember is having matchbox cars, a whole bucket of them. And I wouldn't even drive them around. I'd set them up in like a certain way. And then I would just kind of look at them and then move on. Like I wouldn't (laughs) set up scenarios with my He-Man toys, you know, like I would stage them and then move on. And so I have the hardest time just seeing, so my kids, uh, my little ones are, are, uh, are going to be seven next week and then, and, uh, eight. So they always want to play and I can't initiate play. Do you struggle with that? Like where, like getting into the mo- like playing Barbies or playing, uh, with dolls or, or setting up like a, um, setting up like they want to set up like a food stand, like a fake food stand and order whatever. Like I have a hard time making it through that just because I can't turn that on. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, I think for me, I definitely felt like reading to my kids when they were younger, especially um, opened up my ability to, I don't know, connect on that way and not take myself so seriously, um, be willing to like kind of embody like a voice in a story or um, stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I can see what you're saying about like, I, I everyone definitely has different skills as a parent and you watch some people and you're like, I don't know how they do that. A lot of times they're doing that because that's just the natural thing for them and they're, they're good at it. And it's great. Mm-hmm. So I think you, everyone has to find their own ways. Um, the thing I like about uh, D&D, and I'm, I'm still fairly new to it, but um, I kind of mourn that I didn't play it the rest of my life because it's so fun. Uh, but what's cool about it is, is there is so much structure to it, but there's also like an insane amount of freedom to whatever you can do in the moment. Uh, so it's kind of a good mix of, it's not just, hey, we're thinking of absolutely anything, whatever right now. It's there's this whole world that has dimension and but then i'm free to do what i want in it so man it seems like it's something i should get into <laughs> i have a lot of friends that do it but i've never like when you said dming i was just in my head i was like dungeon master dungeon master uh it, it, so i grew up in a mormon household um mm-hmm. from day one i was never exposed to dungeons and dragons my parents thought it was satanic and uh like the dark arts or i'm sure that my mom did too but i never even knew anyone who played so it was a moot issue yeah okay so and then so now that you've actually done it you don't see it that way at all (laughs) it's just no no it's 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 basically combining like all sorts of different mythologies into a a setting that's vaguely kind of tolkien like medievally feeling um Mm -hmm. But there's all sorts of different kind of influences in it. Like all, uh, you know, there's vampires in it. There's uh, all the classic elves and dwarves and whatever. There's dragons. There's now there's like a race called Warforged, kind of like robot things. There's it's just like it, it. They bring in and there's a whole pantheon of different gods and demons and devils. But it's just pulling in stuff and making up some other stuff. Um, yeah. So you, you know, playing in the game as a a tiefling or something who has demon blood in their line. It's not, it has like zero to do with 
reality if you think there's an actual devil or something it's just it's just a, a fun world to kind of use as a sandbox sure and it's something you can do that's special with you and your kids you know yeah or your friends or yeah but what you're doing we're doing with your kids that's awesome i've never heard of of uh you know most of my friends that do it all get together as friends they have kids but they don't include them in that um that's i kind of imagine that a bunch of people are are starting it with their kids during this time period yeah <laughs> I, I know i know one friend who who just is about to start so um yeah it's been it's been really cool to have kind of a weekly thing for everyone to look forward to and um it's good yeah yeah is that something you could continue uh when say things went back to normal tomorrow is that something you could continue like as a dungeon master through FaceTime or, or like this, where you could still do it with the kids uh, once a week, or do you need to physically be there to, to do that? No, you don't need to be physically be there. Certain things can be easier for that, but there are tools to play online and a bunch of people do. Mm -hmm. um, so. And it's so, I mean, and the, the, the fact that you are able to be home this much has to be awesome for them too, you know, or, you know, you've had a career that takes you away quite a bit. Um, I know you guys were, were ramping things down a bit as far as how long you were on tour. Um, but trying I mean, to. just having that, yeah, trying to, yeah. And then so-and-so wants to go on tour and like, wait a minute, we're going to go out for how long? Uh, you know, how does, uh, how was that working for you being away so much? I mean, it's, it's awesome in this, like right now, like we're, I'm in the car in Portland, you're, you're uh, in Orange County but we're looking at each other. We're talking to each other. Like we're sitting in the same place. We're touring with FaceTime now and everything else versus before. Does it make it easier or harder for you? I mean, being able to have that much, like I can see you, uh, you know, I can hear you better, but I can't give you a hug, you know, especially talking about like your kids or your wife, like um, you're in Germany and FaceTiming with the kids, you have everything, but that physical touch and, and you know, the, the, basically like everything except one little element how does that work for you are you able to deal with that better or worse now um i don't know i guess i would describe it differently than everything except one little element because i feel like it is like the aspect of having to find the same time between everyone especially if you're like overseas or something uh makes it like much harder to connect um, you know, whether or not you could see the person or not. So that I find that to be one of the harder things is just when I'm gone, you know, everyone's got their schedule that's going on. I've got my schedule and trying to find the times where it all matches up to be able to, to hang out is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And being able to have a marriage that survived this whole career so far is, is a, a monumental thing. It seems like nowadays, um, and that's yeah, it's really it's, inspiring. It's hard, man. I mean, it's inspiring to see. I mean, you guys, you guys, when did you guys get married? What what record was that? What record cycle? Mm, Artist? It would have been, no, it would have been Illusion, I think. I was, or in between those, I guess. Yeah, it would have been in between Illusion and Artist. Okay. Cause that's, I mean, that's a, that's a long time. I mean, that, I, we just had our fifth wedding anniversary on Sunday and, uh, yesterday. Yeah. And, um, it seems like a lifetime, but 
I've been home that whole time. Like I haven't been touring or anything like that to where, I mean, I'm gone at work. I'm gone for little trips here and there, but, uh, yeah, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, and especially, I mean, that's just a, uh, just an awesome thing, you know, and I'm sure it hasn't been easy, especially raising kids and being married and being on the road as much, but, um, you know, cheers to you on that. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment that you're probably having to work at every single day. It is definitely, uh, definitely work. And I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it definitely does not make things easier. Like being gone. Uh, it, it just builds, it builds tensions and it, it takes away the normal rhythms of connecting that mm-hmm. ease those tensions, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it compounds, like, I think the longer you're gone, um, and then the more times you're away within a year or something, it all it all kind of compounds. So, yeah, this time being home together and really, you know, kind of home together uh, during this time has been actually really great for us. Yeah, I, I bet, dude, that's fantastic. I, mean, it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, it's forced forced everyone to slow down a minute. And and I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are terrified of what's next and or what's actually happening. But the fact that we've been able to slow down and, and you kind of find what's important, who's, you know, doing the essential work that maybe we, we didn't take seriously or, or didn't even think about before. I mean, you go to the grocery store, you go, um, you know, it's kind of a, put everyone in a big bucket of perspective. You know, it seems like, um, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but that's something I've seen is like, okay, you know, these are the people that matter that we're seeing, you know, that matter the most. And some of them, you know, make the least amount of money. Um, you don't uh-huh. get much respect when you, t- I mean, you tell someone, you know, I'm a cashier or something like that. Like they're like, Oh, cool. You know, versus saying, Oh, I'm in a, you know, uh, I'm in a pretty awesome band, <laughs> you know, like the, 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 um, prestige is a little bit, uh, different when you, when you tell someone, you know, I'm a cashier versus, Oh, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer or whatever. Um, I think that's something that's kind of reset for everybody. Um, how do you feel on that? Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, I'm definitely uh, a big believer in the dignity of work not being tied to what that work is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I, th- I just like everything else these days i see it kind of splitting you see people realizing the value in certain jobs and then you see other people absolutely discounting those things more than ever mm-hmm. um so um that's that is frustrating yeah absolutely What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. 
You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. 
So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Dude, this is one of the most relaxing conversations. I feel like I'm talking deeper than I normally do because I'm just... Like deeper sound wise yeah like i'm just <laughs> i feel like i feel like the the snl skit on npr when they're on npr oh yeah they just there's they're, they're, they're you know what i'm talking about like molly <laughs> shannon and uh oh they're like they have like the the guests on with the guy who makes the the chocolate balls they call them sweaty uh alec baldwin oh, sh- oh yeah these balls, balls taste yeah. delicious and but but they're just talking so <laughs> mellow and we're both just talking so <laughs> mellow it's quiet in the car like the headphones are on you got your nice your sm7b which i own i just don't bring it with me when i'm traveling around um but i'm just i feel so relaxed like warm gravy just <laughs> it's good <laughs> So with that, I want to switch gears for a second as I'm thinking, uh, you, 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 were you raised in a religious household? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was raised, uh, evangelical, just kind of middle of the road, uh, non-denominational yeah. kind of Christian thing. Well, speaking of the big questions, when did you first experience death? Like, uh, whether it be a relative or a friend like the first time you actually realized what it it happened, you saw maybe not saw it, but um, experienced death. Where where it would then begin to question what comes next. Hmm. Well, one, I'm very bad at remembering things uh about myself but um the things that come to mind there was a kid who died in i think i was in high school mm-hmm. um i didn't know well but that was kind of like affecting you know everyone around just felt really heavy um, yeah it's a big deal that i think that would be one of the the first touches with it my i had my grandparents around till i don't know like at least in my 30s so none 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 of them died when i was really young or anything um yeah so not actually a ton until the past 10 years or so and uh lost uh all my grandparents and my dad. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so it's been, and my uncle just died. Jeez. So it's been a lot, a lot in the past ten years. Uh, and then friends' parents dying, and yeah, like a, just a lot. How have you been? I mean, we'll go back to the other. But how have you been dealing with? Because I lost 
all my remaining grandparents and my, my dad as well in the last five years. Um, my dad in last September and then grandparents like shortly before that. But it, mm-hmm. and I talked to uh, Ed and Riley about this when we were, when they were in Portland, or we, when you guys were in Portland, because I was like, man, how are you dealing with this? Because like my mom's still around and she was with my dad for 30, 38, 39 years. And now everything's on her and she's having a really hard time. So it also, when I move forward and start working through, you know, going back to work and, and all this stuff with the kids almost feels uh, weird because she's still so set in focusing on it every day. I mean, with that, how did you work? I mean, losing your father is, is, and I can say it now that it's happened to me, such a gaping, ridiculous, crazy hole of just awfulness and uh, hurt that I have felt, I mean, you may have felt it differently. Um, but I mean, how, how did you work through that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I really think everybody processes these things so differently. Mm -hmm. Um, it's good to keep in mind that the way you observe someone processing, uh, I think, I don't know. I'm highly aware of this because I, the way that I process, I think makes people like kind of going back to that. I have a a flat affect, whether I'm happy sometimes or sad. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I also just kind of think deeply about things and process them slower sometimes if they're big things um, or pre-process a lot of stuff. And then in the moment, I'm just kind of like, and here it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um so for me i think the hardest thing with my dad being gone is more just those times where you just think like oh it's like it's now to the point where you don't have the like reaction of like thinking they're still around you know Mm -hmm. which sucks um but just like missing like, oh, dang, dad would like that a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just those things that pop up and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I feel like a lot, there's just a lot, a lot of that. And you just, you miss that you didn't get to share certain things. So. Mm-hmm. But he got to see a lot of, of uh, your career and what you had, had made it to before he passed. Correct? Like he, he how, how long ago was it? Uh, seven years. I don't, I'm really bad at time. Um, yeah, six, seven years. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, he was super proud and, um, was definitely always a a big supporter. Loaned us money to, you know, do our first EP and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Man, I've... I've been seeing weird stuff, like weird, it's still fresh on my end to where like little things will, will trigger my emotion. Like it's uh, like, it's something simple. Like, like, uh, do you know Johnny Minardi over at, uh, Fuel by Ramen and Electra? I know that name. I'm seriously terrible with. Okay. Well, (laughs) 
Not a big I'm deal. always like, who? And then I see them. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, the Fever 333, uh, Johnny signed them and, and uh, Tones and I and Grandson and Nothing Nowhere. Um, he's a, he, anyway, does, did not, not important. The, but the thing I'm getting at is little things like I had him on the show uh, Saturday and the last text before we got on, he was like, hey, you know, uh, uh, he said like happy anniversary. I told him we couldn't do the certain day because the anniversary. And he said, uh, you know, happy anniversary, be good. And just because he texted me, be good. That's the last thing I said to my father before he went into surgery. But so they called me early in the morning. I had the lights off in the bedroom. We were FaceTiming. So he couldn't see me. Mm -hmm. I could see him. And literally my mom was kind of rushing him off the phone to you know get this done and get home and the last thing i said was be good and he's like all right and hung up the phone and just seeing that in that context i literally teared up right there looking at my phone like no control it was crazy hmm. um i don't know if there's still triggers like that for you that that come up where you remember something so vividly and it actually just like you can't control it like you just start going i don't know but Anyway, we're going down a dark hole here, but uh, no, I'm I'm sorry for that. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, I can't. uh, Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But um, the reason I was asking your your first experience with death is is that's one of the first times I really questioned: is there something next or not? Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that catapulted me into actually questioning that like I knew I didn't I knew I didn't believe what my parents believed um I knew the Mormonism side of things was something that I just could not wrap my head around where it's like there's no way this makes sense um but it wasn't like there's nothing or something it was this version of it is wrong and that's the way they tell you all the way through it is this church I mean they make you say it this church is true I know Joseph Smith was a true prophet of God, blah, 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 blah. Um, but when that, like, like with you, I had a friend in, in, uh, I didn't know super well in middle school, uh, over Christmas break, got hit on a frozen lake with a truck, killed everyone. They, they brought in grief counselors to the school. Um, I went to the funeral, which I shouldn't have done. And it was open casket. And that's the first time I literally looked down and saw what death looks like, like motionless, nothing shell and i was wrecked for months like waking up nauseous not able to sleep and that's what really got mm-hmm. me questioning those the that bigger question uh were you questioning that stuff before you experienced this friend in high school or this this acquaintance in high school or is that when that triggered um i don't i've never had a lot of existential angst about death um and that might just be kind of how i'm wired too because i um you know i grew up with very definite ideas given to me about what that would be right Mm -hmm. if you die in xyz whatever um I was well. I was. I guess I was always bothered by the idea of uh, hell, and 
that was that kind of always was something that was a area of cognitive dissonance uh, with what I had been taught and what I kind of understood about reality from knowing people and looking around and um so yeah that that was never a fun thing while I still believed that was a thing sure when did you question uh, that to to then realize that's you know for you that that's not a thing or like when when were these moments when you really questioned your faith like or challenged yourself like oh, that's lots of lots of that but i mean big area early in life mm-hmm. like uh, early 20s um had kind of big uh i mean i was always 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 kind of looking for answers and ways to justify those answers and um very much trying to build a system of some sort of certainty mm-hmm. uh and yeah i now would say that trying to trying to get certainty um is a losing game like it's not it doesn't pay off like you want it to um and if it does it only does because you've so closed yourself off to the world as it actually is mm-hmm. um yeah, so I had a lot of that um, when I was younger, and then um, you know, whatever, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, I, I'm really bad at time. Uh, I <laughs> the big thing that I deconstructed was a belief in any sort of uh, perfect uh, revelation of you know God in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, especially the Bible and, um, really uh, I've been so indoctrinated with it that it's really hard to see outside of a binary that I'd been handed where it was like, this is either totally true or total bullshit mm-hmm. and, uh, realizing, oh, it doesn't have to be one of those two things. Like, it can be uh, a, you know, whether or not you believe there's something divine about it or not, it can still be a, an amazing record of people's uh, interactions and speculations with each other about what it means to be human and what um, God is or is not. And you can see it as this record and an argument and a conversation and um, none of that has to be perfect and it can still be valuable so uh that was really kind of a giant shift in my thinking whereas before i was always on the border of being like man i really can't believe this is perfect and then i'd be like but i don't have another option except for blank which basically looked like a really bleak reductive materialism Mm -hmm. and nihilistic kind of whatever and i didn't want that and so I thought those were my options. So learning that there's a whole spectrum of, of options, which seems now uh, like that shouldn't have been hard to learn, but you know, mm-hmm. everyone goes through their own process. Sure. Um, but in, oh, going back to the point is now that I have basically very little certainty in anything, uh, I don't have any fear of death either i mean i wouldn't say any but Mm -hmm. i don't have i don't worry about 
what's going to happen. Uh, I, I definitely am pretty sure that there's no hell that someone's going to torture me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's something else cool. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe I'm just part, uh, still, I'm still part of uh, everything that is. I'm just not in this form. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, I really don't worry about it though. Okay. How do you put things across to your kids when you're teaching your kids, um, you know, uh, from a religious standpoint? I mean, you don't use that, the concept of hell, I'm sure, like the, uh, what was probably driven into you as a, from an early age. Um, I mean, how did, have they asked questions? Like, do they ask you about these big questions, especially your 13 year old? Like, have they questioned their, um, you know, what they've been taught growing up yet at this point, especially with all the, um, the i guess more access to more information or easy more easily digested information i guess versus you know when we were young we'd have we didn't have the internet we didn't have all these things to just google um have they have they or at least your 13 year old uh questioned what you guys are teaching yeah i don't, i mean we don't we're not teaching them a whole lot as far as like I don't know like this is what's true or whatever mm-hmm. it, it's a vague a vaguely uh, I mean, we do like nightly prayers with the little ones and stuff mm-hmm. but it's that's more kind of modeling an idea of grateful um with a love that is uh, unconditional, which I believe is real. Um, I have no certainty, but I believe it. And yeah, so there's not like a whole lot of doctrine that's being, that they're needing to question or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I kind of take every opportunity that I can to, you know, as my 13 year old is, you know, learning about world cultures and religions you know and social studies or something and mm-hmm. just having conversations about that like do you think about uh what they're talking about in buddhism and mm-hmm. here's you know something i really like about uh, buddhist thought what do you think about that uh, yeah just creating a an environment where they know that they can think hard they're not going to be judged for that and i know they coming when they will at least at some point <laughs> total you know disney on some big things um yeah but i but i also i just try to tell them things that i think are important that i believe are true and um putting them on those things too so that they have kind of tools to to use on their own because i'm sure that i'm getting some stuff wrong and i uh i think it wrong if they don't grow up and correct me in the future and help me see mm-hmm. see different things well that's a good way of putting it too and and i mean they the journey you've been on uh it's it's cool to watch is that what the gray is about um is you're coming to grips with the not being certain not having that certainty um you know, it seems uh, without like dissecting the the lyrics, it seems like the vibe of that song is is uh, kind of about that. Yeah, I'd say generally that's a okay. Probably the easiest way to get at it. 
And that's the, that's something that was super interesting kind of seeing where you landed with all that stuff, because I mean, you've done, you I mean, you've done so many things and then even going up and, and, uh, you know, leading worship in, in Bellevue, like, and then coming back from that, I don't know. And I don't want to get into that whole thing. Cause I, I don't know what happened up there. I know there's a whole crazy time in your life kind of moving and then moving back and whatever. I, yeah, I didn't look into it. Um, but actually like going and do you, do you lead worship at church now? Um, or, do you are you just in the the, the crowd? Uh, I don't. Well, right now nobody's. Yeah. Nobody's well, yeah. Right now <laughs> in, in Oregon, in Oregon, you guys are you guys are going back. Uh, I just saw today that uh, some judge overturned the. Uh, the I didn't law. see so that. I've been at. Well, yeah, I'll have, have to look at that. Fun with that. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't talk about that, but. Uh, we don't have a, a home church at the moment. Okay. Um, it is hard to find a place that, uh, like with kids, like trying to find a place where they really feel connected. Um, most of the churches that do a really good job with kids kind of programs and cool, fun things also are, mm-hmm. Uh, very much on the conservative tip of a lot of things that I'm not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're trying to find a place where the kids feel like they've got cool community and we don't like we're at a place that is not welcoming to certain people. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Absolutely. And, and a place that's, I know I'm not going to agree on everything with everyone at a place, you know, uh, but I want to be able to be myself and not be uh, judged for using my brain. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, do you feel like do you feel like with the podcast? Uh, I know it's still fairly new, uh, but you got quite a few episodes in now and quite a few conversations. Are you? Do you feel like you're learning a lot? Um, and I mean, broadening. I mean, you you've really had an, just even from the outside looking in, had an interesting journey, uh, just kind of, I mean, through thematic stuff on the records to, you know, seeing interviews or just listening to things you, and listening to podcasts you've been on and stuff over the years. Um, I know you're always, you know, questioning and thinking the deep questions, but are you, do you feel like you're learning a lot from this podcast that, uh, with carry the fire? Yeah. And I, but I don't know that I would say it's all um, informational learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like the podcast is more, I think you will learn things, you know, if you're listening to it. Um, and that's part of the hope is, uh, I, I guess, but it, not that the, all the information sticks, but that you, as you hear from people with different perspectives and backgrounds and beliefs and professions, um, that it's more of a transformational learning i hope where as you're continually exposed to these different perspectives it becomes more and more clear that a i don't think anyone has like uh some sort of exclusive hold on you know beauty truth or goodness Mm. and that uh we are you know, the, the more we silo off and, and not that, and it, part of it is seeing that like, you know, so I could have, um, 
a Muslim on and I'm not Muslim, but I can appreciate a ton of beautiful things about um, their tradition and mm-hmm. certain things and, and still absolutely not agree with them on a bunch of stuff, but that's not the point of the show. The point is seeing those ways um, that we actually are closer than we, we think. Um, and the more you do that with the more different kinds of people, I think um, it breeds a certain sort of one, like an intellectual humility and two, like um, an opening. That's what I, I'm kind of getting at with the, the transformational mm-hmm. uh, learning is like an opening of perspective and a softening towards um, different different sorts of views or people or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, also, one question I always put, but I, I work um, I work with a lot of people uh, in the trades, of course, that uh old apostolic lutherans um people up here refer to them as bunners um it's kind of a yeah, derogatory term um from like women not cutting their hair um uh, but they don't they don't listen to music they don't watch tv they don't uh do team sports um anything that would inflate the ego or um silence the conscience is what they say they don't listen to music because it can silence the the conscience and and whereas music has kind of saved lives you know uh getting through hard times you know getting past something the way they're viewing it is a little bit different um but one thing i pose to them is you know have you read any other works any other religious works besides the bible you know like have you read uh even studied anything from the quran or or anything else and the, the answer is always no why would i do that and i always am curious to why they wouldn't even want to do something like that and kind of study the other thing and in in tying to this one thing i've i've always thought in my head is if i was born in a muslim country to a muslim family would i uh, have gone on the same journey and come to like if you were born in a muslim country would you have come to eventually as an adult see that maybe that's not your way and come to where you believe now or do you think you would continue on as a muslim um, just because no, it's there's so no, there's no no way to yeah to know that, but it's in just, all likelihood, there's well, there's absolutely no way you'd end up exactly where you are. Yeah, and then there's very little chance you'd end up remotely where you are. I that's my opinion. Yeah, um, we're we're much too shaped by social factors, um, mm. much much more than than we want to admit, um, and that's also something I. I feel like I harp on a bunch on the show, but mm-hmm. it just comes up so much is we are so susceptible to, and it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we just, we want to think that we're so logical. Right. Like, mm-hmm. But, but you know, brain science, stuff like that. It's just, it, it exposes that as a, you know, a, at best and, an exaggeration you know like we we our brains are very good at justifying things that like our conscious kind of prefrontal cortex brains are very good at justifying decisions that deeper parts of our brains are making without us even being conscious to them so mm-hmm. uh there's a limit to i think the freedom you have in any moment based on your uh the makeup of you know who you are on nature and nurture and mm-hmm. that is another piece that should uh, make us uh, 
soften a bit, I think, towards people who make different decisions than, than we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely broaden the the spectrum a bit and and loosen the yeah. It's something that's just it's it's infuriating to me to see just people that don't get along for that simple reason because you're this way and I'm this way and it's just concrete black and white just uh, it just frustrates me because we're so far beyond that and um you know like it's that's something that fascinates me about your your journey too is just how like you're saying with with kind of finding peace and uncertainty and knowing that it's not going to be there's not one definitive thing that's going to be 100% right you know and uh, it's just, yeah, it gives me hope that the rest of the world can come to that conclusion and, and get along a lot better than they do and stop this, uh, a lot of this just uh, hatred and, and backbiting and just awfulness, you know. Um, it definitely gives me hope, and that's something, like, you're, I mean, knowing you guys so long uh, but still being a fan of what you do, like a true fan of what you do um, versus the fact that I can, you know, text Ed up and ask him a question about something, uh I still listen to the records as a fan and, and, uh, the message is always there and positive and, uh, real. And it's something I've appreciated for the, the entire time since I, since I saw you guys with what was it, anti-flag, um, back at the B complex on like, you guys were playing, still playing Phoenix ignition. It was that, that early, um, to, cool. to this day, you know, to, before I left work today, you know, playing, uh, palms because I wanted to just have it in my head. And get in that headspace, you know, two people come over and be like, who is this? It's a Strice. Is it? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. Because they, they, you know, had had listened to the older records and, and were like, man, this is cool, you know. And and that kind of goes along with the journey, you know, and, and me appreciating uh, so much what you do. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for it. And to have it, you know, I can go listen to it anytime uh, and always hear something new. And it's something that, that, uh, I don't take lightly. So thank you for that. Um, but I wanted to Thanks, ask man. you real quick, uh, before we get off here, um, my dog had <laughs> knee surgery and now it's like the biggest pain in the ass cause she can't be allowed to jump up or off of anything. Oh, she do- does not care about, so. does not care. <laughs> well, uh, let me ask Sorry, you so... this real quick, because uh, I'm curious. Do you? Uh, I've I've had, I had John Feldman on. We talked about meditation. This was all during this weekend, but like, uh, the whole mindfulness uh, stuff, like mm-hmm. meditation, uh, breathing exercises. Do you practice any of that? Yeah, I'll do. You know, just breathing uh, in kind of shorter sessions, um, but I'll also do. What I've done more lately is uh, a contemplative practice called centering prayer, which is has some similarities to some Buddhist meditations, but it's built out of a, a Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Declining this call. Um, and sorry, I threw myself off. Uh, oh, so... Centering prayer, it's mm-hmm. uh, basically looks like so rather than being uh, attention based meditation, which would be like you're attending to breath or to a mantra, mm-hmm. uh, it's intention based. So your intention is to let go um, basically of any thoughts. Um, so that's 
there are similarities in that with other things, but you're not focusing on a breath. You're not um, focusing on a mantra. You have like a, a word that you have to kind of reset mm -hmm. if you find yourself kind of following a thought. Um, yeah. And it's the idea is that you are uh, kind of getting distance from the ego of seeing mm -hmm kind of experientially connecting to uh, everything that is, you know, whatever you would view that is. And it, it I mean, it has a Christian kind of a tradition, but mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the teachers really over, overplay <laughs> that. Like it, it, absolutely anybody could, could do it. I, like the fact that it is not following any thought to me absolutely means that it, <laughs> It doesn't specifically tie into any kind of uh, doctrinal belief at all. So, um, yeah, it's, it was really, it's a weird one to try and start because it, uh, I think maybe any con contemplative practice is, but mm -hmm. that not, I think it's easier to focus on something than it is to just not focus on anything, but there, you, you get in the in the groove and it um i think it's really helpful so i don't do it as often as i would like to or should yeah but, um, i think that's most of our stories yeah exactly <laughs> well dude i i've had you on over an hour i uh real quick though i did i had ed on a few weeks back and i was telling him about my favorite thrice baseline being from of destinations and he was honest and said well that was actually something dustin wrote um but it was slower and they sped it up and it became what it is now on Visu. But uh, thank you for that because it, <laughs> it is cool. something I've literally. I always forget that. about that. And oh, so good. I, I love it. It's literally like every time I see it in person, like it, I just get goosebumps still. You know, ever since that warp tour, like you guys were playing it on. Is it just that? It's just the beginning part when it comes in. Like everything starts going faster. right. The snare hits pop, but then it's right after that goes. It's like this court, like this like oh um, it's it's like a I get the same thing for no knife. Like those those oh, it's just that super uh percussive. Like it's just uh, yeah. Anyway, I could go on about it for a long time, but <laughs> cool. I love it. And so thank you for that because I had no idea you wrote that part. Um, but it's something yeah, that that's no out of to, all the no records, way to know with. The thrice tunes, but uh, yeah, man, are you? So you're doing? Are you doing Downey this week? Ryan Downey. What is that Ryan Downey? Oh, sorry, I was like thinking the town. No, like, no, no, no. I'm Downey. I'm doing Speak and Destroy tomorrow. Are you doing Speak and Destroy? Or are you doing No Prize from God? Uh I think the the God one. What is it called? No Prize. No, from God? no Prize from God. Yeah, I think that's what I'm doing. Okay. We were texting last night, and and he's like, "I actually have Dustin this week too." And I was like, "Oh, he couldn't remember which one either." <laughs> but uh, he's a good dude. I I hope you have fun with that. I uh, it's a good podcast. Cool. But uh, dude, thank you so much for the hour. I know I know times you know slowing down, but it's still sparse with kids and and being at home. And I appreciate the the time. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks like for I having said, me. all you do, keep it up. You know, I'll see you the next time around. And and uh, Thank you so much for for all you've given me, dude. Appreciate it. Cheers, man. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dustin Kensrue from Thrice. 
one of my oldest buddies uh, from back in the early 2000s of going to shows, uh, just talking at the van, talking at the van, talking at the van after every show until uh, Anatomy of a Ghost got signed and we actually got to do some touring together on Warp Tour and really kind of connect. So uh, once again, I'm glad to finish that promise to you guys to get all the members of Thrice on the show because um, it's been bugging me for so long. Uh, how bad that that first or episode three of the show came out and you know what? i left it up there if you want to go back if you're a new listener and have not heard that episode yet definitely feel free to go check it out it was really just interesting you know in the green room directly under the stage of the crystal ballroom sound checks going on up above us i think at one point dustin put the microphone on a piece of pita bread to keep the vibration uh from going anyway absolutely hilarious but if you if you have time want to go check it out check out episode three with the whole band of thrice anyways you can also go back and check out uh my episode with tepe you can check out my episode with ed and riley uh from when they were doing less art which they still are doing and you know what if i'm not sure which order you're listening this into i don't even know what i'm saying anymore i don't know which order you're listening to these in today but i released two episodes so i'm releasing uh, my newest conversation with ed from thrice and the one you just listened to with uh dustin so Anyways, fuck it, right? We can put out as many as we want uh, whenever we want. It's podcasting. It's the Wild West. And, uh, yeah, we'll do what we want to do. Anyways, guys, thank you for checking out the show week after week. Definitely go over to iTunes and rate and actually write a review of the show if you have time. I know it takes a little bit of time, but it definitely helps us out, uh, you know, enormously. So really appreciate it. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email hit me up and uh, as always guys we'll see you on the radio Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. 
Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.